Studs, CITR 101.9 FM. I'm sitting here uh, with Lucas Soy, um, his new book from, what's it called again? Medium Me- Rare. Medium Rare from New York. The, the publisher's in New York, but you're a Vancouver boy. That's uh, right. And the book is called Lucas Soy. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd the title come from? Keeping it simple. Well, um, this work collected in the book is from like 03 to 07. And I was kind of thinking, like, I think just recently I've moved on, finally. I've kind of, like, found what I want to do with my drawings. Um, I know the format. I know the style. And so this book, I kind of think of it as, like, a graduate thesis or something. Like, here's all my experimentation and all my past work, all collected. And now we get to move on to the next stage, move into the future. (laughs) So this is kind of a, a, a transitionary period. Yeah. So what kind of stuff were you doing? Like, tell me about your, your artistic background, I guess. Well, I didn't study art in university. I studied English literature, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, not exactly my choice. But um, I didn't get the chance to go to art school, so I had to go to university. I had to do a respectable BA. An arts degree, That's not right. a fine arts degree. <laughs> Which has added up to nothing, really. Um, <laughs> substantial, so I might as well have just uh, done the art degree. But um, by the end of my fourth year, I realized I didn't want to do journalism and I didn't want to teach, which were the two kind of direct things you could plug that degree into. And I went back to art. And I'd done art forever, all through elementary and high school. Um, and I stopped for like six years, it took me six years to do my degree. Um, and I think by the end of it, I kind of realized, well, actually what I really want to do is what I was doing all along. And so I just started 
you know, just doing sketches and scraps here and there. And only in 04 did I kind of set out to try and do something substantial, whatever that would be. And that's where the like landscape format came from. Now the, I guess the crossover here is it's kind of the, the media is very kind of illustration based, I guess. Like yeah. Well, black and white, um, working strictly in black and white, which is never a conscious decision. It's just what I always did and what I'm comfortable with and how I, I've been using one pen, that repeatograph, which is the really fine line since I was 13. And so that's my pen and that's, you know, so the style just developed out of the tools that I was always using. And then big pens, like <laughs> pens from the staples. Cheapest, oh the yeah. Cheap, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't use any art pens. It's just that one repeatograph and the rest are from like staples or stolen from offices where I used to work or whatever. Now, the originals, I went to one of your art shows, I remember, and they were just yeah. massive, massive. Yeah. Um, is it, nor like, how big do you normally work in? Right now I'm working 14 by 51, so they're really long. They're just really long rectangles. But, you know, in terms of height, they're short. And um, they're individual pages, so that 14 by 51 is three sheets side by side. What attracts you to that huge size? Um, I think uh, the pressures of the market, the art market. Yeah. It's, I mean, like, size matters, which took me a <laughs> <laughs> You hear that, guys? <laughs> it took me a long time to, to like, be okay with that because I was fighting it for the longest time because I remember... Um, and I've been looking for this S. Clay Wilson interview, which I originally thought was in the Comics Journal. Um, and he said, uh, which I thought, and I've since found that article, and he doesn't say it in there, but he said his single-page drawings that were published in Zap were that same size, were like comic book size. Yeah. And for some reason a long time ago that clicked in my head, and I thought, well, that's what I want to do, is something really small and tight. But... You know, growing up, it's a different story now. <laughs> so I'm trying to make them as big as I can, and so far I've graduated finally to 51 inches wide. So when it's framed, it's about four and a half feet wide. That's big. It's big, yeah, <laughs> finally. Um, so tell me about some of the themes. I mean, one of the main things looking at this book is the, uh, the smuttiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, sex and violence. Yeah. That that's what turned me on as a kid and I think that's just that's what fit immediately. And I think um you know I'm not trying to do it like exploitation wise. Oh. I'm not doing it ironically. I don't think I'm doing it um like, you know, disingenuously toward women or anything. Um you're just taking like a woman's body and then certain situations which aren't always, they're not always together. In the book, you kind of come away with that feeling because all the different drawings are together in one volume. But with the new work, um, I think I'm I'm kind of just going with it now. And it, really, it's horror now. I think I've kind of worked through everything, and I think my genre just naturally is horror. What do you mean by horror? That's a good question. Um, if you think about horror you think about movies I guess and then you might think about like monster movies like vampires or werewolves 
Um, but I kind of think just like stepping out of your house and you're on the street and you're looking around, that kind of horror. Um, so daily horror. Just daily, yeah, just um, people and the way we treat each other and the things that we do sometimes. Um, if you think about like literature like Franz Kafka, you know, I think that's horror. You yeah. know, all those situations. That Something terrible that can happen to anyone. Yeah, exactly. William S. Burroughs or even Stanley Kubrick movies. That's like horror, you know. All Almost all his movies are just horror. So I think in that kind of uh, loose... That horror of human condition. Yeah. yeah. Especially with, with Kubrick. Like, there's, for the most part, it's something like... I guess like we're saying, like it's something that that can happen to you with the Kafka yeah. and stuff. I guess Burroughs is just you kind of put yourself in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly like, you're traveling down to Morocco, exactly for some fifteen year olds, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he, you know, um, the other side of horror, I think, in creating horror or working within the genre, is no self censorship. Like, you're just letting yourself go at a primal level. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think, um, like I was telling you, the comics I read when I was a kid were, like, Zap comics, the underground stuff, where they were just letting it all out. Yeah, well, especially Eskley Wilson. I mean, yeah. he's so hyper-violent, just <laughs> like, you know, the, the checkered demon with his massive <laughs> dong and sprouting veins, yeah. that are, like, hairs that just go off. Yeah. No, totally crazy. I always wonder, and maybe this is my own little diatribe, what makes him so acceptable to the comics art community, but Tim Vigil so violently hated? <laughs> I'm just putting that out there, you know? I love his stuff. Gunfighters <laughs> in Hell was just epic. And I've been trying to find that, too. Like, there's two collections, I think, of it. I don't know. No? <laughs> I've been trying to find it. It's great stuff. I always remember reading that one comic. Was it EO? And it was just the most, like, disgusting, <laughs> graphic thing. It's like I had never seen anything. And I don't know if I have since that was just quite to that extent of just, like, bodies being ripped apart. And... <laughs> I don't know that. So all I know is this Gunfighters in Hell, which was, like, a Western. Oh, you haven't even seen Faust? Nope, I oh, haven't seen Faust. <laughs> We're going to the comic here. store after this. Yeah, no, I'd love to see all that stuff. But uh, I don't know, maybe it's seniority. S. Clay Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of like broke down the doors. And Do you remember Mike Diana? Yeah. And all the trouble he got into? Yeah, I remember all that stuff. There so, was, yeah, you were saying you got into comics in the early 90s. Like, yeah. You are saying like that. A window of like 90 to 94 was your right ages 10 to 14 i was like really reading them they were my world um and so i i was really you know reading comics it's weird i never really read them it was more like looking at them and just the drawings and whoever did cool drawings that's what i gravitated to no matter what subject matter uh genre anything and so i started with like jim lee Inked by Scott Williams for X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Todd McFarlane, who got his own Spider-Man book. And then all those guys went to Image, and so that was a huge thing, too, to kind of see these guys all just up 
and leave and be self-employed and mm-hmm. And, and looking back now, there was like a big DIY aesthetic, right? In the early 90s. It was like a corporate DIY aesthetic. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't necessarily do it yourself. It's do it yourself because you'll get more money that way. <laughs> you know, as soon as you have someone that can do it for you, you're good it. to go. Yeah. 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 No, but I mean, well, yeah, to us back then, it was, I think it was like in the music scene too, like. Just uh, like not sell out, not do big, you know, sign. Well, there were some great labels. little labels popping up. Like exactly. K Records and, and Sub Pop. Do they count? Sub Pop counts. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, they still put out decent stuff. And, mm-hmm. You know, they managed to just happen to you know get off really well because of that one album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know the album, you didn't live in the night. <laughs> so yeah. It was, uh, that was like a really formative period, the early 90s, honestly. Yeah, and I've done some projects based on, some conceptual art projects based on those times. Really? Yeah. And that's working with the illustration? No, that's that's non-drawing stuff. I've done one show of conceptual art. Oh, okay. It was called The Private Collection, and it was like collages and... Um, oh, this you had that down the hill, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't make it down there, but I saw photos of it. it looked really neat. Yeah. So I had like a, like a Louis Vuitton coin purse with um, zigzag papers and pot in it, and that was my little sculpture. <laughs> 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 and collages about Timothy McVeigh and and um, and juxtaposed with. Um, a postcard of Rubens Massacre of the Innocents which is this painting he did in I don't even know when did Rubens write 17th century Dutch and it's uh, um, from the Bible where uh, they learn that Jesus is going to be born so the king orders all the first born sons Mm -hmm. murdered so the painting is these guys just taking little babies by the ankle and (laughs) smashing their heads into the wall and into the ground it's really really horrible Peter Paul Rubens thank you very much yeah Uh, his stuff is gorgeous like you look at that and it's just so a certain level that you see an artist get to where it's just like so raw and so exactly finely crafted yeah he kind of had the best of both worlds where it was like super pro super polished but also totally he could do whatever he wanted because it was so polished yeah no he he's an OG <laughs> <laughs> the OG part <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
do you still feel like, and I kind of feel like this looking at work, there is some kind of crossover of storytelling within, especially with the, the looking, like, I really feel like a lot of female characters, like, a lot of awkwardness. No, that's great. I mean, the I think of my drawings as self-contained stories, like short stories. So, um, and I think of them as comics, too. You know, they don't have dialogue or word bubbles. But it's a story, and you're telling the story with one image. And um, and that narrative part of it, I think, honestly, is from my whole training in English literature and learning about writing. And and I think I kind of mashed that education with my just self-taught drawing. And I decided, okay, well, here's what I really want to do is tell a story. And um, with the new ones, it's really literal. Like uh, I've just I've done two in this new series. The first one is Black Mass, you know the one in the graveyard. They're trashing the graveyard mm-hmm. and they've been partying, and that's it's like total nineteen seventy style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's but that's really literal. Like, um, and then the the second one, which will be on my site, like Nick. Well, it'll be on by the time you hear this. Um, just very literal. Um, before I was kind of throwing in some crazy shit around the edges of the drawing or like drawing something kind of weird just to make it look like art and I think finally I've gotten to the point where it's you know it doesn't have to look like art to be art you're just gonna do what you do Mm -hmm. um, and you know get your vision as clear as you can and then you know it's for whoever to judge and for me I'm like really kind of serious and stuff when I'm kind of getting down to business and so I just decided yeah I'll just do it really literal and just have it be no no um, no compromises all the blemishes out um, but do it really clean kind of like Rubens you know have it really polished really clear and you're not messing around and that's it is what it is you know do you have any shows coming up not right now (laughs) (laughs) my plan for 09 actually is to do this new body of work which is like between six to ten drawings, the big, big size. Yeah. And then shop it around at the end of the year. Have you done, you've done a fair amount of gallery shows, haven't you? Yeah, I think so. I've been all around the world in group shows, and I've done three solo shows in Vancouver. So yeah, I think so. I think I'm allowed to take one year off just (laughs) to make work. (laughs) We'll allow it. What do you, what does that get, or what do you get out of that, of the the gallery experience? Yeah. Well, it's a weird, you know, being an artist is a weird job because you, unless you are collaborating with other artists or living with other artists, sharing a studio or something, you get no feedback and nobody really sees the work other than your immediate circle of friends. My immediate circle of friends, they don't make art. They're not artists. Um, So I'm pretty much on my own. So showing the art is, you know really important and I look forward to it because you <laughs> finally get to talk about it with like-minded people I'm kind of like in a weird I'm weird because yeah I don't don't know too many artists and yeah I don't really see you at any of that no <laughs> <laughs> I never really go out at night either which makes it hard <laughs> that's pretty much when everything happens exactly I never make it to the shows or anything but um so you know it's, but you know, in this day and age, uh, with the website 
and with email I get a lot of feedback from people just writing me or um, you know you see the traffic on your site or whatever and so you know people are looking at it <laughs> someone looked at it yeah <laughs> you know all you need to know really is that people are seeing it I think that's all that I really care about I've made some money um, with my gallery that I was with for like a year full on fully represented but they're closed now that was Snap oh the one down that's on the, the one fifth that's right yeah that's the one you went that was to. a neat space it was a great space yeah basically two huge rooms did they just can't afford it anymore yeah I ran out of money it's tough it's really tough Vancouver isn't a good scene to be an artist in <laughs> we we have a solid a solid community and they make work that is respected around the world but the wealthy people of Vancouver do not buy art in Vancouver no. so the, there's no money to support it but I think we're lucky because we have a we're known and recognized around the world but um, in Vancouver there's no money to support it it's a real shame because yeah. we're a rich city I know if you were making uh, hiking boots you'd do quite well. <laughs> North Face and Patagonia <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to someone the other day and they're like well what's the deal with Vancouver like what's the problems with you know all this Olympics and sports stuff well, it's like you know, it's just, there's no, people are interested in the outdoor stuff, like, there's no real That's trust right. to jump into the local culture and stuff. That's no, I think we're surrounded by nature, and that is the main attraction, which, yeah. you know, that that's why I'm here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> is to, like, walk on the seawall and be at the ocean and, and be in the mountains and, and just, like, the no pollution in Vancouver... Or like fresh air compared well, to compared to any other major city. To LA. <laughs> yeah, you come in, say uh, during dusk from the Fraser Valley. You can see it. Oh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Oh, so <laughs> I've just ruined everything for you, haven't I? Well, I live on the North Shore, so you know ah, we're okay. surrounded by trees. We're in the mountains. It's no pollution zone. Maybe because this is like. The North Shore, you're kind of at the edge. Yeah, it's maybe. The, it's not like the collection area where everything, like the smart, exactly. floats in through <laughs> the Fraser Valley, you know, through Surrey. I mean, you get all that smog from Surrey. I'm sure like half of it's from Surrey. I'm sorry if anyone's living in Surrey listens to this. Sorry. I lived in Surrey. Live in Surrey. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Surrey for four years. I went to grade four. Well, so maybe I wasn't there for four years, but I went to grade four in Surrey. Shout out to Surrey. <laughs> Holla! <laughs> but you've lived in Vancouver proper or North yeah. Van? No, I was born in Alberta. Lived in Fort McMurray, which nobody used to know, but everybody knows about Fort McMurray now. Oil. Oil. It's in crude. Yeah. Destroying <laughs> that, that whole... Destroying that whole patch of earth up there. It's insane what they're doing. They're like sucking it out of the ground. They're they're no, it's like all the the offshoots. They're just making lakes of crap, which are corroding into the soil and killing everything around it. So they're literally, it's like taking a lighter to a little patch of grass. You know what happens? It's just like burns it away. You can't grow anything after it. It's like Chernobyl up there. It's really <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> 
I always find it tragic seeing the footage of Chernobyl and then like go into like someone's house and there's like all these like beautiful classical paintings and they're like, We can't touch it <laughs> You know, this guy's in like the full radiation suit and he's like, Look at this It's gonna stay here. Stay here forever. Yeah. But uh yeah, and then I moved to Vancouver when I was six. So that was like Expo eighty six. Oh, yeah. We moved to Vancouver. Holla. Been here ever since. It's a good town. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you, you talk to people who have moved to Toronto or New York or to Europe. Berlin is popular. London is popular. And I've been to all those places. And I love all those places. But for me, I don't know. I just like being at home, number one, which is Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's quiet and boring, but... Do you find like that lack of, you know... Stimulus. Hyper community, yeah. yeah, stimulus helps for yourself as far as creativity goes. Well, you know what I've realized, like getting to meet um, everybody who's working, yeah, in this, you know, all my peers basically, um, they really thrive on a community and like collaborating and doing stuff together. I mean, the whole Vancouver drawing scene, which is kind of disbanded by now, right? Um, you mean like the Mark Bell crew? Yeah, and exactly. Those guys? You know, they just, like, thrive off it, and they create, you know, they created a whole kind of genre unto itself, you know? Yeah. Um, but and now my, they're all in Ontario. Yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> <laughs> but myself, uh, I need to work in complete silence, and I have to be totally alone. Yeah. Because that's the only way I can focus and kind of just just get into the zone where you're doing it the way you want to do it. Like, of course you can draw around other people and stuff, but it's never going to be... It's not going to be one of your big pieces. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I guess it, that's the difference between the final project and the sketchbook process, right? And uh, another thing is I don't have a sketchbook. Really? <laughs> I don't doodle or anything. I just, like, kind of wait, and when I know what I'm going to do, I finally sit down, and then I just do it right there. Do you pencil at all? Um, everything in this book... Uh, published by Medium Rare. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Soy. <laughs> Lucas Soy by Medium Rare. Um, not, it's straight ink. So it's just all freehand, done in ink, done right there on the spot. Now with these bigger drawings, you have to block out sections with pencil. And that's all I do really is it's like silhouettes and like, you know. Just rough. Yeah. Just like here is where this is going to be, this is here to get the proportions right. Yeah. But otherwise, it's still all freehand, all nice. done in ink. Yeah. This is repeatograph. Repeatograph. <laughs> quarter of a what is it? Quart quarter millimeter. Quarter of a millimeter is the nib. That's how wow. fine it is. That's tiny. It's crazy. Yeah, super tiny. Just don't uh, bring one on a plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've heard uh, <laughs> many stories of them exploding in people's pockets. <laughs> yeah, you have to empty it out before you take it, totally. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Lucas. The book is Lucas Soy by Lucas Soy. By books. Thank you, Robin. I uh, look forward to possibly a show, I guess, and... I think early 2010. Oh boy. <laughs> A distraction. <laughs> A distraction from all the craziness that yeah. will be happening. I think I'll be drunk for those months. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thank you.
all I know from experience That if you have to ask for something more than once or twice It wasn't yours in the first place And that's hard to accept when you love someone And you're led to believe in their moment of need That they want what you want, but they don't I'm waiting.